Welcome back to Chat with Leaders, where we amplify the voices of leaders who use business and influence as a force for good. We believe it's their example that will have a tremendous impact on our next generation of servant leaders who will carry us forward into our bright, sustainable future. In today's episode, the first of a two-episode interview, Jeff Bond chats with Chantel Cohen, Executive Business Communication Coach and Facilitator at CWC Coaching and Therapy in Atlanta, a company helping individuals with self-improvement and career advancement. Chantel talks to Jeff about misunderstandings associated with therapy, the relationship between therapy and business, and the ways in which therapy and coaching can have a positive impact on the lives of business leaders. Let's jump in. Over to you, Jeff. Chantel, welcome to Chavel Leaders. I am so glad this day has finally come upon us. Thank you so much, Jeff, for having me. Yeah, it is my pleasure. I know we're going to jump into a lot of really interesting topics today that uh, are related to your career and your life and your story, uh, but we're going to anchor this around how counseling and therapy can empower better leadership. So really what I wanted to start with was what do you wish everybody understood about your field of work and any misconceptions about how therapy and, and business may go together? Well, I, I think that the misconception is the number one misconception is you have to be in crisis <laughs> in order to use a therapist. And so I, I would say that I would love for people to come before they get in crisis mm. and, and use therapy as a way to enhance personal development. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that's, uh, you know, I also think that people believe that um, that it's somebody who is lying on a couch and they're just kind of venting and spilling their guts and the therapist is there, mm-hmm, uh-huh, okay, you know, um, tell me more. And really, it's a very interactive process. Mm. And I do a lot of solution-focused therapy, which is um, much more about looking at what the client wants. It's kind of future-focused. It's not that we don't we don't talk about their their childhood. We absolutely do. I always get that information, but we're always looking for you know three to five things that we want to solve. Hmm. And so I'm a part of I'm, I'm sort of co-creating with the client to help them solve the issues or problems or the development that they want to enhance. So that's one of the things I think is a big misconception is that we're kind of passively there Mm. um, and that obviously that you need to be in crisis. The other thing that I think that is a big sort of um, misconception or I want people to understand is that this process is not something that's solved in one to five visits. You know, um, mm-hmm. I have very few, I, I, I can't even tell you the last time I had somebody come in and say, oh, we can, we can really solve this in one session. And so that's why something like an EAP, which I think people, you got to take what you can get, which is an employee assistance program, which is what oftentimes companies offer um, their employees for for mental health, those sessions are very limited, and usually it takes at least two to three sessions just to kind of get the person's history and to start mm. to to see patterns. And so, I, I think 
understanding timelines that if you're a 40 year old guy and you're telling me that you're having some anger issues at work and then I'm looking back in your childhood and seeing that there's been these moments where there's been a pattern and these things have been learned that it's going to take some time. And so, but what I will say is that I tell people they vastly, they overestimate what they can do in a few visits or one month, but Hmm. they vastly underestimate what they can accomplish in six months to a year. Hmm. So I think that those are some of the, the, the misconceptions or what I'd like people to know. Um, Do you have any questions for me around, around, uh, some misconceptions that you may have had, Jeff? No, I think more of an affirmation. I, I honestly, I, I think it's, I like that it's hopeful and practical at the same time that you can make some immediate progress, but you need to kind of stick to it. And I know that a lot of business leaders are always thinking about achievable outcomes and they're setting goals. And here we are kind of at the beginning of a year thinking about our goals and the outcomes in mind, but there's a lot of things that you have to unpack to, to get there. And we often hear start with the end in mind. And so I do like that. Yes. (laughs) And that combination of, you know, therapy and business and how you're kind of working to those goals, but also looking uh, into the past, into the story to understand uh, why we are the way we are, I think is, is incredibly useful to business leaders. So I I guess I wanted to ask you just personally, the why that fuels you personally and, and and that kind of drives, gets you out of bed every day. It's just great to be a part of the solution. I mean, the why people, (laughs) what's interesting is, is, is the way you frame that is what fuels me and, and what I often get is how do you do what you do? It just seems so depressing. That's what people think. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're you're just completely wrong about that. Mm. The the process is incredibly hopeful. It can be painful, but it really is being part of something larger than myself mm. that I have an impact on people in not only professionally, but personally, it, 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 my husband and I sometimes, you know, at, um, dinner, I'll, I'll joke and, you know, I'll say, God, my client said that I helped them do X. And I'm like, I can't even remember. (laughs) We talked about that, you know, it was like so Mm -hmm. long ago and, um, or I'll have somebody shoot me an email and say, oh my gosh, you know, I just wanted to give you, we haven't talked to each other in two years, but I wanted to let you know where my life is. Mm. And that's the why it's those moments. Um, It's also those moments where you're sitting with someone and they know that they're not alone, Mm. that somebody really truly cares. I'm not, um, I'm not some person who's just like a, you know, an empty vessel sitting there. I'm, I really am with the client in those moments. And so it is, it's exciting. It can be, again, I've, I've had moments where I've shed a tear too with my client because it's been hard mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. them, but um, it's, 
I really feel that I'm a part of something that is bigger than myself and that I get to touch people's lives in a very mm. meaningful way where I get to be a part of their story in a very, very positive way that they, I go on this journey of healing with them. Mm. And so it is, um, it's with that growth mindset sort of mentality that I get to, um, kind of wait around with them. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I know it sounds to people like it's, it's sad, but it, it, I, and I can't remember Jeff, if, if we talked about this in prep, but, you know, I went to a meditation weekend and uh, I practiced TM transcendental meditation and there was a big discussion. It became very, very heated. In fact, I was kind of uncomfortable. The therapist in the room was actually uncomfortable with how heated it got. And and some people were talking about experiencing moments of bliss and and so forth. And and um, one person's like, I don't even know how I can be happy when there's so much pain in the world. Mm. And yeah, yeah, it, it it's and when I, and, and the answer to that, what we came up with, and and uh, there was a, um, there used to be a guy who was in, in charge of um, the transcendental meditation, he was over it, and he gave some answers about it, and, he's, and he said, you know, that people need to know that there's something more than their pain. They, they need to know, and so I'm a part of that, knowing that there's more than their pain, knowing that there's more than that problem in front of them, knowing that they can be more in that moment and that somebody believes and knows that there's a process in a way for them to achieve that. I love that. Yeah. And pain and suffering is so ubiquitous. It's not that we can uh, run away from it. It's going to happen right. in our lives, whether we want it or not. And, you know, we have to confront our own mortality and loss and, 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 and failure and, and things like that, that, that business leaders or human beings, just like anybody else have to deal yeah. with. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's so important to acknowledge that is a part of our lives and it's not the measurement of our happiness, whether we are feeling pain or not. So how to, right. how to experience that in new ways, uh, through this, uh, through these tactics and, and I love what you said about not being an empty vessel. I suppose that that's probably another misconception about what a therapist is, is someone that's just nodding their head and acknowledging, you know, that, and then asking the the next question and not really truly listening or, or having any deep sense of empathy or even sympathy for their clients that they're just trying yeah. to, to get their rate and, and move on. Uh, so nice to hear that. And I'm curious, you know, for you personally, uh, how, especially this is helpful, I think, for leaders that are journeying and, and looking back and saying, you know, I could have done this differently or better, or maybe they're getting into the field. What are some of the obstacles that you've had to overcome to get to where you're at today in this kind of level of understanding that maybe maybe teenage Chantel would have appreciated a heads up about? Ooh, obstacles. You know, there's, there's a couple, and one might surprise you, Jeff, is that... Um, you know, I I think I grew up, you know, um, with with my share of problems growing up. Um, 
had a little bit of identity crisis. I found out I was raised by my grandparents. And then, and I, as I um, worked with a therapist and that's how I came into the profession, um, through that identity crisis, really started realizing, yeah, my childhood was actually really, really good. Mm. Like without this thing there, uh, you know, it's just, frankly, just downright ordinary dinners at the same time, church on Sundays, mm. um, you know, had never had an experience where I had been um, accosted or had a major trauma. Mm. And as I started doing the work, I had gotten it into my mind, young Chantel, that somehow, how am I going to be there for people when that I haven't and this sounds really horrible, but I'm going to tell you how distorted my thinking was, was I haven't been through a rape or a major car accident. I haven't been molested. I haven't, mm -hmm. you know, these are things that I have not been through. And so my clients aren't going to respect me and not that they would know that, but how am I going to, you know, be of use? I mm -hmm. felt, and in that, I felt like my through pain was the only way that I could be in the healing profession. Mm. And I really wrestled with it. It was it's really interesting. I now I think about it, I I know that the thinking was very distorted, but I had to work through that myself. I had to work through so that I could be whole. It, you know, when we go through um school, graduate school, and we become therapists, you know, we have to get into our own therapy. And that was one of the things that was a, a, a big obstacle that I had to realize that, you know, um, I'm still of use, even though I haven't had this major trauma and, um, and that uh, empathy and, and being able to understand pain doesn't mean that I had to experience great pain. Mm. And um, that was that was a tough one for me. I know it sounds really strange, but it was a major obstacle um, for me to get to be, I felt to be worthy of my clients, you know, mm. to be worthy of their story. I almost felt teary-eyed. I hold that story and that story is so important. I didn't want to diminish it in any way by feeling like I didn't have anything to offer. And so, yeah, it was really yeah. hard. Gosh, you know what? You, I can't believe you got me crying. I feel like I'm in a therapy <laughs> session. I'm going to grab well, a good. Kleenex here. But it was... Please do. When you, you know, I always say to my clients, like, my strongest desire is just to be useful mm. in some way. And so that's been like kind of a almost like a, a mantra. And so you can imagine, I, was, I I put all of these limiting beliefs, which I talk about with my clients, therapists are people too. And mm -hmm. I had all these limiting beliefs around that. Um, but I also, um, just a, another major obstacle was the fact that uh, my husband, I spent some time as a stay-at-home mom. We moved abroad and we had our son there and I couldn't work. And so, um, and then we moved to Atlanta. I spent some time as a stay-at-home mom and then rebooting my career. And at that time, my husband 
became an interim CEO for about a year and a half in Hong Kong. And so there I was rebooting my career, three kids. Mm. And it was, when I say it was hard, mm. it was hard. And then a couple years later, I decided that I was going to uh, go out on my own and not work for an agency and it, become an entrepreneur. And that was, I don't, I like, I almost feel like I have like, moments of like memory lapses because it was so hard <laughs> trying to make sure that I was enough for my children. And then, and in that year and a half, my husband then got another position um, in New York City and then Tampa. So mm. I spent about four and a half years kind of doing it kind of solo parenting. When he worked in Hong Kong, he would come home every six weeks and then in New York, he would come home on Friday nights and then um, leave. And he'd be home about 10 o'clock at night and leave on Sunday afternoon. And then in Tampa, it got a little bit better. Thursdays, mm. he would come home and leave on Sundays. And so, uh, and now he has his own business too. He's an entrepreneur and, and we're side by side. He can probably hear this interview. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but it was, it was, it, that was really hard. Just the, the nuts and bolts of becoming an entrepreneur and managing all that and like raising three kids. Mm, that I love was that. Well, really there's so tough. many things you said that are so relevant and, and to me particularly, and, and I'm sure to a lot of our audience members, the first of all, as a father of three and yeah. knowing that I am doing this with my, my wife and, and knowing that we are both present in their everyday lives, but we're both in the throes of our full-time careers and me as an entrepreneur, it's, it's challenging, you know, even the times where I know that she's going to a conference or something for a few days, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be, this is going to be hard with these three. I have an yeah. eight, seven and five-year-old. <laughs> so they give us a run for our money. And then you talked about this, this feeling of usefulness. And I, I think it, a lot of people here can relate that this is a deeply innate human desire is a, a need to feel like they have a purpose, like they're useful and they have some sort of visible impact on the people around them. And, and this, this desire to, to feel like they've been there, done that so that they can earn that respect and that influence, you know, that they need to be able to lead effectively and to, to coach effectively. So I, I affirm what you're saying. I think that's, that's completely normal, you know, to feel that way that you will have had to gone through that if you're going to confront those similar circumstances, whether that's just like simple as everyday work or, you know, that you've been through a specific type of trauma or conflict and overcome it so that there's like some validity to it. And I do think that's a false notion that you don't have to do that, but I think that's a deeply innate uh, human uh, feeling that we can all relate to. Um, so, which also is kind of interesting. I wanted to ask you about like when you first realized that you could positively influence the lives of entrepreneurs and business leaders through therapy and coaching. What, can you describe that moment or that kind of frame of time and, and what brought you to that conclusion? Yes. Um, I, I will tell you that um, I did start meditating um, and that has helped a tremendous amount. Um, and it has me really take stock of those moments when I have been impactful. And what comes to mind is um, I did some work with Coke 
And I worked with CPS and its commercial product supply within um, Coca-Cola. It's very kind of unsexy, but um, I had about 60 people that I worked with. And um, it was it was incredibly impactful for me, knowing that I could have that kind of uh, impact on folks, um, you know, talking them through how they were showing up in their uh, professional lives and using their personal stories to help them sort of navigate best practices for them so that they don't get burnt out so that they can use their energy wisely and more efficiently and it was the feedback um i think her name was rihanna i can't remember rihanna's last name but also melissa heggie and the feedback that i got it was you know you know that you're laser focused and you're taking in what people say and and I guess I get so involved in the process and I'm thinking of, okay, so what are your takeaways? And I'll ask, but as long as it feels meaningful to them and I can, you know, get them to see how they're going to use that in their everyday lives, I kind of, and again, don't think about it as much until I hear it from someone else who says, oh my gosh, this was incredibly impactful. These are the kind of comments that we received. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, it, it's, it's again, you're thinking about being useful. You're thinking about helping somebody, you know, change their narrative and ultimately maybe even uh, change uh, their perspective on things and their behaviors. And when you hear that something that you said or a perspective that you brought gave them insight, man, it, I never, yeah, it it is. And I still get kind of surprised by it. I know that sounds really, because I do this every day, but I Mm. still get surprised by it. And it's, 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 it feels, it sounds strange, but kind of, um, really, you know, this is awesome. (laughs) You know, you still, because what we do is we co-create with you, we help, but ultimately we're only as effective as the client's willingness to do the work. Yeah. And so that also tells me that there was some uh, motivation on their part that they did the heavy lifting and maybe there was some nugget that I said that was really helpful, but that was like, whoa, I really like working with these business folks. I was Mm -hmm. like, I really, because they're results oriented and I use a lot of solution-focused therapy. And so it's kind of a match made in heaven, honestly. Well, that wraps up another edition of Chat with Leaders. Thank you for investing your time with us today. If you haven't already, we would be grateful if you shared this episode with a friend and rated it on Apple or wherever you get your podcast so we can pass down the wisdom from our guests to more aspiring leaders. If you're interested in launching a professional podcast to grow your business, we would love to help. Check out chatwithleaders.com for more information and feel free to reach out by emailing team at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again and go be a leader worth following.